Hello, brave souls. Tonight's story is called, I'm Trapped in a Town Where Tradition is Deadly, Part 1. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my mother. This isn't because she's in this town, or even because she could have saved me. When I think about it, I doubt she even knows where I am. Perhaps it's wrong to pin it all on her then. But what I do know is, when our childhood cat got cancer when I was nine, and when my best friend moved away when I was eleven, she told me to make the best of a bad situation. When boys broke my heart, and when I had to drop out of college due to crippling anxiety and depression, she said the same. The intention behind this statement was good, to not let the world get me down. But I think the second, more harmful thing it did was make me accept the half-good parts of my life. Something in my brain now says, I lost a great opportunity, so I have to settle for what I have left. I lost my job, and my live-in boyfriend broke up with me. So it's perfectly acceptable that I purchased an old camper van and decided to try living in a 68 by 136 space full-time. It's trendy now, so I got a bunch of Instagram followers out of it. A solar power company just sponsored me. My boyfriend may have destroyed my self-esteem, and my lack of a traditional job has boosted my depression in a major way. But that, 800 to 1400 a month from that sponsorship is... something. A bright side. Not that it matters anymore. Money doesn't matter here. Or when you're dead. As I wait for nighttime, knowing what will come my way. I'm having a very hard time making the best of this. So don't hate me if I try to blame my mother for at least a portion of what I've got myself into. I didn't want this. This wasn't in the YouTube videos I watched to prepare or the books I got ready myself for constant cross-country travel. Part of living life as a social media vagabond or van lifer means always traveling to new places. You have to, really. If your feed looks like typical National Park route every newbie tries, you'll fade into the background. My specialty is being able to find places no one else in the van life sphere travels to or really knows about yet. I follow highways and back roads until I spot something particularly gorgeous, choosing my gut instinct over best of spots, which is exactly how I stumbled upon the small and unbelievably gorgeous Lakeview, Montana. I'm not even sure how I got here. Looking back, I was just outside of Missoula on the 90 and must have taken quite a few exits because you can't hear the sound of a car here. People don't drive. Not now when it's so warm, anyway. I haven't seen cars outside, other than the sheriff's SUV. We'll get to that later. Lakeview is a picturesque, small town in the middle of a valley, surrounded on all sides by a medium-sized stream that turns the town into an island in the warmer seasons. Past the stream is a beautiful combination of green grass, juniper trees, and skyscraping mountains. Within the stream, the town can be somewhat modern, boasting cute coffee shops and three-bar restaurant hybrids, alongside some outdoorsy boutiques and a small steepled church. There's one grocery store that brims with locally sourced meat and vegetables, alongside some imported specialty items. There are rental bikes too, like the kind you see in big cities that you can check out with a card. Honestly, the whole place reminds me of a shrunken Tuleride or Aspen or some other expensive resort town. The way the houses are all uniformly painted a deep brick red adds to that idea like nothing could possibly be out of place but it's not a resort town in fact 
I don't think many people enter the town at all. There's no pamphlets in the town, or its history, and there are no hotels or Airbnbs. The latter isn't something I have to worry about. I stationed my van on a dirt road by the water the first night, but it's still strange for a place so clearly gorgeous. I shrugged it off then, but now I wish I would have hesitated. Not having a hotel means no one stays short term, no one stops by. And while this might not be strange in the town you just passed through, if I go to the rooftop of the first bar in Maine at night, I will not see the lights of nearby cities. I will only see pitch black in all directions, like Lakeview is a spaceship floating in a galaxy, directionless and free of hope. There's one way in and out of town, over a one-lane bridge. I use the term one-way very loosely, because outside of a truck that supplies food and goods to the town, I've never seen anyone leave. I've tried so many different ways. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry about that. My writings have been restricted to short Instagram posts and hashtags, so sometimes I will leap around a bit. When I first got here, it was in the afternoon. My GPS didn't work because I didn't have service in town, but I connected to the Wi-Fi at the grocery store after picking up a bag of salad and some marinated tofu. I downloaded some episodes of Killing Eve and hung out at one of the outside tables, watching people pass. One thing I noticed right away was that everyone in town was attractive, unreasonably lip-biting attractive. Sue me, I've been single for quite some time. They all look fit and glowy, as if they spent days hiking and doing yard work under the full sun. Maybe they did. But it wasn't only their bodies that made them so striking. Their eyes seemed to glow more than most. Though, maybe there was something in the water that lent to the clarity. I was a bit too tired for socializing, though, so I drove my van around until I found a nice spot by the stream, made my salad, and tucked in for the night. I fell asleep pretty early. The glow of the sunset dimmed through the curtains of my van. Figured I'd get up before six, make some coffee, and take some photos in town. Already, some part of me wanted to stay there longer. I woke up in the middle of the night to a noise inside the van. I sleep with a solar-powered lantern that I charge on my dashboard during the day and I cast a somewhat haunting light in the van's interior. In the dim light, I sighed in relief that everything was still locked up, but wondered how something could have woken me. I've slept in enough gas stations and Walmart parking lots to develop pretty deep sleep habits. Sleep like the dead, a voice said in my head. I thought it was in my head. The noise came again, and I can't quite explain it. It was like there was something moving, snake-like, and heavy on the side of the van. My breath stopped completely. I reached for my phone, but the screen was black. No 911, said the voice in my head, which may have been mine. The thing, whatever it was, was outside the van by my right ear. I held still as a rock and I heard it pass to the left. So close I could hear its texture and could have sworn it indented the metal of the van as it moved. At this point, I didn't even know if I was breathing. My rational brain was thinking it was a bear, but that thought was like a plea, because some inane part of me knew it wasn't. Some inane part of me saw it magnetized to me, felt its large tongue tasting my fingerprints in the metal. It could feel my heart through the wall of the van, I knew. It squeaked slightly as it came to the windows of the back. Windows I'd curtained because they looked right over my bed. I felt my cheeks grow wet with tears because I knew if I looked at the windows even with the curtains, that I'd know it saw me. 
I know that more than I knew if I even had eyes to see with, because that animal part of my brain could picture this thing. I could picture its limbs and large tongue like liquid tree trunks, but pitch black as a night without stars or light. It didn't play with the door handles, but that didn't comfort me. It doesn't need them, the voice in my head whispered. My eyes flickered to the ceiling with an unimaginable dread. The fan that let air into my van from the ceiling had stopped moving. All there was to keep anything out was this thin wire mesh. It's watching you, the voice said. I slammed my eyes shut, squeezed them tight because it felt like when I was a kid and I could never shut them tight enough when I watched a scary movie. But I would always see something and I couldn't bear it. But it didn't matter what I saw. I heard it slither up and back on the van. Felt its heavy weight pressed down on the back tires. I heard it slide and I heard the metal cage creak. I couldn't move. I wouldn't move. The creaking turned into a slither. It's tasting your air, said the voice. All I wanted to do was crawl into the front, into the driver's seat and speed away. But something told me that wasn't possible. Something told me I couldn't leave. I gasped. Realized I haven't even been breathing until then. And I heard the beast, the thing, whatever it was, slide down the front of the car. There was the most beautiful sound, the rustle of leaves. It retreated. I didn't let myself move until I had been long gone, for what felt like hours, but couldn't have been because there was no light shown through the fabric of the curtains. I took my keys off the dashboard, but paused the sunshade. If I took it down, it would reveal the massive windshield of the van, and maybe the thing would see me then. Worse, maybe I would see it. But I needed to get out. I needed to leave in case it came back. I breathed. Okay, I said to myself out loud this time. Start the van. Then take it down, easy as that. It should have been. What followed was the moment that I look back to it this day. I think I was already screwed before I sat in the driver's seat. I think I was already hopeless and as good as dead when I crossed the bridge into town. But for whatever reason... It wasn't until I turned that key that any vision I had for the future left my mind. It's been survival from there, creeping more and more to the front of my mind, to that lizard brain that knew just what the thing looked like before I even laid eyes on it. I turned the key. The van was dead. No lights. No sound of the engine. The place I had made my home. The place that I lived for the past eight months was dead. It's hard to explain to someone who just uses their vehicle for transport what that really feels like. If I tried, I would say it feels like drowning. But it's nothing compared to how I'd feel when I encounter that thing again. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the story. Big thank you to the author for creating such an interesting and genuinely creepy experience. If you enjoyed the video, please subscribe or follow for more videos just like this one. If you'd like to support the channel, you can check out my Patreon link in the description below and know that I genuinely appreciate it. Follow me over on Twitter at podcast underscore fear or Facebook at fear the podcast. Thank you again for listening to the story, and until next time, always remember to face your fears.